You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 201st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, this is Matt hiding in the basement in Minneapolis. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got everything you need. Honey, you know the name. What's going on? You guys on? know this one, right? Uh, yes, yes. I think I do. It usually sounds a little higher pitched. Than, you can find. But there are bike shorts involved, man. usually. Is, is this the cover that played if at your you wedding that I didn't go to? Money, honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a big hit. Big hit. Wow. Spencer, I, congratulations. Jungle. Now, Welcome to the jungle. Anything happened today, guys? Exciting? Is that a British you accent? Really jazzed about the jungle? <laughs> Because what? I'm, Where's this jungle? I'm, I'm welcomed to the jungle. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm ready to go. Hey, I don't know where I the just, jungle is. I'll tell you where the jungle is. It's on Bobby Jungle's hair, her head, because his hair is amazing. That podium shot from him winning Liège Bastogne Liège today was fantastic with um, Roman Bardet. And then I don't know if you guys noticed uh, everyone's favorite VO2 max. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cannondale rider. Yeah, I just well? see a number. I just saw a number standing next to him on the podium. I don't even a see a huge, person. Now, it's just a number. Now, now this bit, this bit is really good. But Spencer, I need to just interject real quick. Little guy is currently in his basement, which no one else can see because this is really good radio, <laughs> and he's got bikes behind him. Uh-huh. I, I believe he is. Are you lubing your chain? Well, see, what I remembered is part of the reason I came down here is so that I would, after the show, I would remember to clean my bike. So I got to work tomorrow. And I did a gravel grinder this weekend, and my chain's all messed up, and I meant to lube it before we started, just, like, degreaser it, you know, so it'd be ready. Uh-huh. Like soak, do a little little work, you know? And then we started, and I was like, I didn't do it, so I I, I can reach my bike from where we are. I just turn around, degrease so it. do you need, like, an interlude for a second here? Because, um... No, no I'm good. How do you do that part? Yeah, Spencer, you just take the take the guitar solo, and I'll rebuild my bottom rugged. <laughs> Okay, that's sounds good. Uh, <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, LBL happened. Bobby Jungles uh, held off the uh, the peloton. Uh, that was pretty good. I was kind of shocked. I was happy for him, so, uh, but I didn't. I didn't when he went. I didn't think it was the move. No, I didn't. I, didn't, oh, no. I never I saw it as the move until like two k to go. I was like, oh my god, this is the move. So when he went, I was a little um, like, oh, the Wolf Pack is up to their games. They're just yeah. setting up for Alaphilippe. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And then Jungles went away in the non-quick-step jersey because he's the national champion. Mm-hmm. So he has a much better-looking jersey. And uh, it was great to see. I was very excited for him for the win. Quick-step has been dominating. We're going to be doing a whole um, a, a brand-new segment that we've never had before. Stick around to after the preem lap. Uh, this is going to be the greatest segment in the history of the slow ride podcast. And we're going to talk all about this and about how Michael Woods, um, basically saved the entire education first Dre <laughs> pack presented by Cannondale, um, team spring. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, 
Can I just tell you my experience of LBL today, guys? Tell me. I yes. got up at eight in the morning. Okay. Um, yeah. I. First thing I like took my pulse, realized that I was still um, breathing, so that was really cool. Nice. And then I turned on my TV. I turned on my MVC Sports Gold Plus. Was hopingly hoping to get Ant McCrossin on the commentary because I've I've really become a fan of his. And I heard the the sweet sounds of Paul Sherwin on my television, and I was like, "Ooh, Paul Sherwin! I don't like. Where's Phil?" And then Phil never showed up to ruin the broadcast. And I got to admit, Paul Sherwin by himself is actually pretty good. This is kind of a hot take, but I enjoy- he didn't mess up anything. No, he's decent. He didn't, he didn't go into any of his like dumb stories that we've heard a thousand times. He, he was actually good. No. Um, I equated him to cool Uncle Jesse from The Full House uh, yeah. because he was actually fun to listen to. Paul Sherwin by himself, thumbs up. Now, Tim, uh, you said Phil uh, Phil Liggett was not there. Um, was he scheduled to be there? Did he just not show up? Do you think he was <laughs> drunk and got lost on the way? Or do you think it was just going to be a, a Paul solo uh, uh, project My, from the from the get-go? I don't know. I like the Paul solo project. And he was actually there. I was Paul Sherwin's kind of this mysterious guy because I think he lives in like Uganda half the year. You know, you're kind of like, ooh, where does he get all his money from the like, diamond, the diamond mine, mines? Yeah. Yeah, and, you're, weird. and then and then he was there, and I I don't know. I'm very uh, I loved it. I don't know if Phil Liggett was going to be there, um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching LBL. Um, my it's one of my favorite uh, monuments because when I first got into cycling, Tyler Hamilton <laughs> won it, and I had a poster on my wall of him Dude. winning it. And sixteenth um, place was Tim Wellens today yeah. of Red Lotto. And then you had uh, Alejandro Valverde was there. Like the, the whole race, I thought uh, Posa Vivo was great. Um, overall, on the men's side, it was fantastic. However, from the race updates I was getting from Vox Women on Twitter and all of the women's teams, the women's race seemed to be fantastic. And they go to yeah. the cut. They go to the cut with like. So I didn't even seek out the women's race because they're like, oh, Amanda Spratt of Mitchelton Scott is on the attack and has a 40-second gap with like 12 kilometers left, 20 kilometers left or whatever it was. I was like, I'm not even going to watch this. And then they go to the 200 meters to go and it goes to Paul Sherwin and he's expecting to see Amanda Spratt at the front. And then it's Anna Vandenbergen again who had dropped Amanda Spratt. The whole field and caught her, yeah. Yeah. So – and then I'm like intrigued, like, oh, I didn't see this. And the women's race, so you got Andin, Anna Vandenbregen taking the win, Amanda Spratt in second from, seems like a killer move that she went out on her own and then get only six seconds down on Vandenbregen. But then Anna Meek Van Vluten, who won the Olympics, goes 2-3 for Mitchelton in third. And then Ashley Muhlman of Cervello, who's been tearing it up in the uh, mm-hmm. Classics campaign, was also there. So, like, the women's race, like, even though... Vandenbregen is clearly heads and shoulders above everybody at this point in the season. There's still a lot of the women that are in that second to sixth, seventh that are just like the men's top 10 that you're like, oh, these are the players that are there. It's, yeah. it's been pretty cool to see and right. to read the uh, race reports. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was a little disappointing not to get the the coverage that we enjoyed with Amstel and, and Fletch uh, for the women's race. Uh, Liege kind of dropped the ball uh, quite a bit on the, on the coverage front, which is... Something that, is that just, hopefully they'll work on. It's it's an ASO is that just joint. ASO, yeah, yeah it's it is. <laughs> um, 
You know it's Which ASL when you can't find the women's race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so mainly we have to talk about the men's race and and guys, one of our favorites, perennial favorite, Dan Martin, on the attack quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Lighting things up until he flatted out of that group. Yeah. Um. He was mad. Which was you a very, could, you see. It was a very Dan Martin thing to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I don't know, man. He was he was attacking a lot, but it just he kept like jungles would come up to him or weaning would come up to him, and he'd immediately slip to the back, and you could tell he just he didn't quite have it. He didn't have it. I, man. Oh yeah. So I, Dan Martin was there. I mean, let's talk about the real American hero, Jella Vanander. Uh, Larry, no, oh. Larry Warbass in the American <laughs> Stars and Stripes National Championship kit yep. for Aqua Blue, who's been. Kept out of every Grand Tour and even the Tour of California this year. Yep. And he was there. He had a crash late, but the, he looked great. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that kit looks so good. Like, that was a good-looking Stars and Stripes kit. And then um, his teammate was out there going up the 14% grind when he was, like, in the breakaway. And you're totally like, man, I bet that guy wishes he had a front chain ring right about uh, now. Yeah. A smaller <laughs> one to shift down into would yeah. be real nice right about now. That, that's a little bit where Paul Sherwin was a little bit behind. He's like, oh. And they're like zooming in on the bike of the Aqua of the uh, 3T. And he doesn't say anything about the bike other than like, ooh, disc brakes. Like, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. been quite controversial. And you're like, oh, Paul. Like, I, like, that's like where you're still like, yeah, you are Uncle Jesse from uh, Full House <laughs> because that was a really cool show in the late 80s. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. Uh, what I also a couple things I did like seeing shout out I always forget that Roy Costa was a um, world champion yeah so, I so does like Roy Costa see the stripes and I'm like oh that's right he was a world champion that was a that was a great time and uh, Valverde shaved the beard um, so yeah. marginal gains man he's looking for marginal gains we tried our best to make Valverde a thing and it just he took it away from us before we even really tried yeah yeah you got I it was hurts. I was really disappointed the Van and Dirt. Didn't at least get on that podium, man. I was really, I like that guy. He's always, he's always up there and never. Usually doesn't get the team leadership. Looked like he's finally going to get a podium in Liège, and then he got caught right at the end there. It's swept just, up. Do you pronounce his name Gel or Jelly? I think it's Jella, but I could be wrong. Jella, uh, nice. Okay. I don't know. I, I was, was I, I was really pulling for him. Even I was even hoping he catch jungles because I don't know. He's got a he's got funny so, hair. I want funny hair to of win the, over perfect hair. Of the classics, <laughs> of the classics, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. LBL, like if you. So we've talked. Paris Roubaix and Flanders are clearly our our favorites. I put flesh over LBL. Um, really? Just because I like the mirror. Yeah, the the mirror is a little. I think it's more. Um, uh, I like I like the laps. I like how they're consistently doing. What do you guys think? Are you are you fans of LBL? Like yeah. I mean, I think this. I think so. This year, Flesh and uh, and Liege were both way more exciting than they've been for years. Like, Avi Bob going long. We haven't had that since another Luxemburger went long. Um, you know, it's like it, there hasn't been. There's been more excitement this year, so I feel like it's harder in context. I think, in truthfulness, I think Amstel's the better of the three Ardennes races. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. like year yeah. in year out. Like it's yeah. more exciting. It may not well, be the monument, I was, but I was it, waiting for this, Tim. weren't weren't you? Like you knew this yeah. was coming. You know it's coming, yeah, baby. It's better. So you know what else? You know you you know what else needs to be a monument, little guy? I'm not the mission it. crit fixed gear criterium in San Francisco, California. Yeah, um, was yesterday, 
And little guy, fix your criterion. Yeah. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat going, why should I care? Yep, because that was me two years what ago. I'm doing. I'll tell you why. The prize list was insane. There was thousands of people on the side of the road in downtown or in the mission of San Francisco, which is a pretty urban area, um, yeah, right? Yes. So it's kind of like Fair we thought it was a big deal to put on a crit in um, at the campus, the University of Minnesota, or even the uptown crit or downtown Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. This is the mission in San Francisco. Fix gears. It looked insane. And yeah, the nice. winner of the race. Yeah, yeah. And the winner of the race was um, Stefan Schumacher. Schumacher. Oh, God. Of Germany. Are you serious? Who, Sorry, sorry, Stefan Schaefer. I know I got your hopes. Oh up my god, that was my Garrett. No, I was hat. horrified. I was horrified. Stefan Schaefer okay. of the Specialized Rocket Espresso team. Right. This guy was in the World Championships on the track in like 2012. He's like a former professional track racer, and he was tearing it up with the win. And that's a pretty sweet win. And it's fixed gears, no brakes. And next week, I believe, is Red Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Now Spencer. You are our fixed gear expert racer because yes. you have gone to yeah, Red Hook. Been there. Yep. Um, this is clearly the future of cycling, is it not? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the future or not. Um, it's a it's a new and better version of the current cycling that we have. I will say that much. Um, people are there. People are excited. Sponsors are there that aren't from the bike industry. Like there are thousands of people along the the the, the course. Like it's very well produced uh so it's got all that going for it um you know it's it's a little bit like the hammer series it's it's a different take on something we're used to and so it's like people it takes them a while to come around to it but it is very exciting it's very cool it's fun um and you know it's growing fans all the time and that's what cycling needs like if you start by going to some fixed gear crits and then you go to regular crits and then you go to other things like that's great. You're, you're now into bike racing. You're a fan. Um, and one of the fans, uh, uh, we noted along the side of the course there in, uh, in the mission district in San Francisco was USA cycling president, Derek Bouchard hall. Oh man. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, thanks for the yeah. race. So the, here's some the of the enemy. things about this. Here's a couple of, so in the U.S. this past weekend, I believe you had Twilight and you had Tour de Gila, right? Two long... St- I, I believe Twilight was this past weekend. It could be next weekend. I apologize if I'm it's a little off. It's probably next but- weekend. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So let's, you had Tour de Gila, which has been yeah. around for a while on the road scene. I saw pictures of the Criterium from Tour de Gila. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere near the amount of people at the mission crit and here's what i don't understand when you go to the big name like websites that are out there that cover cycling that aren't as uh you know attuned to it as our um our our humble podcast there's no mention of the mission crit on like cycling news there's a little mention of gila and it's just like man are they dropping the ball by not covering this the way that it should be at that Top level. I mean, it's it's exciting. The videos are great. It always seems like the only time these things are ever mentioned is because there's a catastrophe of a motorcycle crash, like at Red Hook a couple years ago when it stalled out at the start. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how many pro crits have we seen where a motorcycle goes down that causes the same type of crash? You know, well, we just- saw it at Twilight a couple of years ago. Like same thing. Um, what I what I would say is. Uh, I don't know if necessarily cycling news and fellow news and whatever need to cover these fixed gear crits um, so much as we need to figure out where these thousands of people who showed up to this crit 
found out about it. Like, where is it getting written about that we're not putting our crits, you know, advertising? Like, because I feel like the people who come out to watch this and drink beers and, and shout on the side of the course would be pretty into the Twilight Criterium in Athens. Like, they'd be pretty into some of these other crits that, that do happen uh, that are pretty cool in the U.S. scene. You know? Probably. Well, it seems like Red Hook is the one that gets covered, and then you have these other races like Mission Crit, and we'll, we'll just leave it at this, that, like, this could be the... Um, you know, like there are more of these races that are growing. Clearly, there's a formula here that is working. And yes, Spencer, you right. are correct that people that are there would probably think Tour of Hilo would be pretty awesome or Twilight would be awesome. I would say on the flip side that there are all these cycling fans that are listening to like this podcast, for example, or some of the other wide-angle podium shows that may not know about the mission crit. That when they see that, they're going to be like, this is insane and it's awesome racing and it's great racing like there's no like there's crashes and people get up and they're not like yelling at each other about the crash it's just like hey it happens (laughs) like get you know what i mean like there's not like a fight and i don't know i just it's great check it out go to just google mission crit see some of the photos go to our twitter feed you'll see uh, derek bouchard hall uh had a video from from his experience there i think it's it needs a lot more credit from the bona fide quote unquote cycling fans that listen to this podcast to actually start checking it out because these are athletes that are putting it all out there. The men and the women are uh, treated like equals. They both get great coverage. The prize lists are insane and yeah. it's great racing. Well, great I think, hook I think, is coming up. I think you can sum it up with a, a tweet from uh, uh, one of my, uh, one of my friends who works with the silence uh, professional cycling team that has done all the big U.S. crits and, and is racing over in Europe and stuff. And he said, uh, why exactly did we waste all our time going to all these crits in the middle of nowhere when we could have just went to mission and made more money, you know? So, yeah, yeah. people are noticing. So, anyway, um, other news that we need to get to before we do get to the pre-lap, and I set a hard ca- cap on this, guys. If this news came out four <laughs> years ago when we started this podcast, we'd probably spend two full podcasts talking about it. Um, Lance Armstrong settles for $5 million with the federal government. Floyd Landis is then going to get payment of about $1.4 million. Um, and Lance has to cover all of the legal fees for uh, Floyd's uh, lawyers. Years ago, I would have spent a lot of time on this. Has Lance Armstrong won? Because now, through his like delay, delay, delay tactic, I don't even care anymore. Like Now I'm just like, let the guy do whatever he wants. I don't really care. No, and it's really. just like, I can't believe how much I've changed on this and maybe it's because <laughs> you've mellowed with age yeah yeah perspective i guess on life in general um, i i mean i still wish he was just they just destroyed him but whatever yeah i'm kind i'm kind of yeah. a little guy like i kind of want to see him get destroyed but um i feel like five million is is not a high enough number uh they I probably could have pushed for more um yeah but i also I'd like to see him sweat like in right. a, you know, just a normal house. I also don't <laughs> like, think, uh, I think you just said, uh, did, did Lance win? Cause we all don't care. I don't think he won. I think he still lost. I think he didn't lose as bad as we wanted him to lose, but I think Floyd comes out the winner in this one. And it's, you know, historically the first time Floyd's been able to beat Lance. So that's great. I kind of <laughs> wanted Floyd to get a lot more money. I'm not going to lie. Like I wanted, I think Floyd's I doing fine. I'm not I didn't need really Lance to be destroyed. I just there was just something of like a five million seemed a little bit like a tap on the wrist for a guy that was making 
buku dollars and, and, and perpetuating the biggest fraud in the history of sports and for all of the um, you know like this this false story for cancer survivors worldwide all of that you, you know definitely I wish he got his nose rubbed in it a little bit more than five dollars but or five million but now I'm just sitting here like man like whatever well so like, I don't even I was thinking about it and I was trying to figure out you know this is like Floyd couldn't beat Lance in the tour, he had to switch teams. Zephonek tried to beat, couldn't beat him. Lance retires. Floyd wins. Asterisk, uh, just like all of Lance's wins. Asterisk. Um, but it, Lance doesn't lose often, right? Mm. Like no. nobody, nobody wins against Lance. But I feel like there. This is the this is a turning point. This is the first time somebody's won against him. And now I'm wondering what. What could we do? Like, how can we beat Lance? Is there anything that we are qualified enough to do like better th- than Lance? Like the three of us as a team? Because I think that Maybe. we would have a lot of dysfunction and just that wouldn't work. Um, Maybe individually then. Like, could you, you think Maybe as a t- challenge, like him and George and Vandeveld make it like to a three-up race, like, uh, like a track sprint, like a team sprint? Because we, we almost – we made nationals. We did. You know, we well, actually may be able to beat them in a in a track sprint for three. If we had trained and they against, didn't against train, Vanderbilt and George and Cappy. I I don't know, guys. I think Which we may actually have a shot here. Let me, let me throw this out there. If I'm, we were in our prime, we may be able to beat those three. If they were today's off the off I the just, I think uh, they probably ride more than we'd like yeah, to. I, I think <laughs> we so. do. I'm thinking I can probably take Lance at snooker. I've been watching a lot of it on Eurosport after bike races. Mm-hmm. I think I understand how the game is played. I'm not sure. I'm I'm thinking he probably, if he watches bike racing anymore, has has paid the money to Flow Bikes or wherever and doesn't have the snooker experience that I have. I think I could take him. But what if he spent more time in Europe? I mean, he might have just he might have just picked up some snooker. Well, see, back snooker, in, the in fact, is. In the early 2000s, the UK uh, wasn't a hotbed of cycling like it is today a little bit. See, but I, I think snooker would be one of those backroom-type sports that, that Lance would actually go to to get his drugs. Like, like he'd go into the snooker parlor mm-hmm. to like pick up his... Because who's going to expect the snooker guy? Because didn't he have um, the British masseuse everybody? for a while that she sued him years ago? And she probably was... Just like, like a professional she snooker had like Yeah, she had someone in her family who played snooker professionally, I, and so she was always... You know, giving him the massage, talking about putting the eight ball in the corner pocket, and he was like winking because he thought that meant she was going to bring him the EPO, and it was all very confusing. In a classic Minnesotan uh, fashion, I would absolutely destroy Lance Armstrong in hockey, in ice hockey. Like he Mm. wouldn't even be close. In fact, (laughs) I believe that I was going to I was going to say I would do it on figure skates, but then I've never skated with a toe pick, and I feel that I could probably cut myself. And I don't know if you guys saw it today. I cut myself shaving. And no. boy, are my blood thinners really working. Oh, um, wow. that, Yeah, like, so I was like, oh, I just cut myself. I come into my study, was reading some bicycle in- industry uh, retailer news. I looked down. I had a pool of blood around my foot, and I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, okay. That is the, I need pressure on that little, uh, little cut. Um, so anyways, I could beat Lance in um, ice hockey for sure. Okay, I believe that one. All right. Well, I think you could shoot. score a hat trick on him. I don't know what I could do. You wouldn't do even get a power play. Little guy, you could beat him in basketball. Come on. Or ping pong. Definitely ping, ping pong. pong. Oh, yeah, sure. I could take him in ping pong. That's true. 
Right. So little guys, little guys challenge TJ Van Garderen to arm wrestling and Lance Armstrong to ping pong. I do yeah, think that there a is a chance night in the basement with me and American <laughs> cyclists. We're gonna get some. You're gonna have to clear off that table. Yeah, gonna clear off the table. But we'll, you know that'll be fun. All right, I'll be just well, down guys, here waiting, cleaning my bike, guys. Let's uh, let's get right into the preem lap. We're gonna come back from the preem. We're gonna talk a couple quick reviews. One or two emails, and then we're going to get into the greatest segment in the history of the Slow Ride Podcast, where we review the 2018 Spring Classic season by team. Yes. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Let me do a shitty one first, and I'll work up to This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Ain't no rookies in here. All right. Uh, so this week, as uh, usual, we are brought to you by Health IQ. Uh, you can visit healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn more about what that means. But um, basically, this podcast is supported by Health IQ. They're a life insurance company. They celebrate the health conscious, uh, including cyclists, including runners, including triathletes and uh, all kinds of people that take care of themselves um, in a in a, you know, sort of sportsy oriented sort of way um and if you're one of those people which most likely you are uh they can save you money on your life insurance um they do that by taking into account all of the things you do to keep yourself healthy to keep yourself fit to keep yourself active um and they can use that data to get you lower rates um it's it's so simple and it makes so much sense that i don't know why nobody's been doing it before but they are here, and uh, they're ready for you. So what you do to figure out how much money they can save you is go to healthiq.com slash slowride, and you can fill out. They have a quiz, like a link for quizzes, and you can take the cycling quiz and uh, kind of let them know that you know what you're talking about, that you are a, a cyclist that uh, is active. You can, um, And if you score elite on that quiz – you're saving money right there and then you can yeah. stack stack more stuff up on top of that you can stack your strava miles up on that you can add more stuff um they also do uh f- forgiveness for family history so if you have something uh you know associated with your family history that isn't necessarily you you don't get docked for that like you do at a lot of places so there's a lot of cool stuff that they can do uh to help save you some money uh, we've gotten feedback from listeners that have uh, that have taken advantage uh, that are all you know saving money and are happy with uh, with the product that they're getting. So we encourage you to go check it out. Uh, they've been a great sponsor of us and of their network. Uh, you've heard us talk about it before, uh, um, and if you haven't already, you kind of owe it to yourself to just at least go check it out and see uh, see what it's all about. They've got an FAQ page that can answer most of your questions and. Um, you know, you can you can chat with them, email with them, give them a call, whatever you need to do, make yourself comfortable, and uh, and you know the most important thing is to get yourself taken care of. Yeah, listen to me. Yeah. Get your license, life insurance. <laughs> Never know when you're going to probably need it. Take care of your uh, loved ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'd also like to thank the subscribers and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, a family of cycling podcasts that are available for you. For free to listen, so go ahead, check them out. If you become a, a member, we have a bunch of bonus content that mm-hmm. is behind the, uh, the the subscriber paywall, if you will. You can also download our 
app on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. Check it out. Lots of great stuff. Laser Radio has been slaying it lately with um, the Legends of American Cycling. Yes. We got to hang out. Has put up a bunch of couple of different episodes. Really cool one lately I just listened to was with uh, the gentleman now heading up, Flow Bikes. You may remember Flow Bikes from back in the day when um, – uh, Colt was doing the uh, the power rankings for the uh, cyclocross season. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that streaming service of uh, providing coverage for uh, uh, bike races is now called Flow Bikes. Great interview from we got to hang out from their time in Austin at South by Southwest. So go ahead, check out the entire network. Look at the um, the app. Uh, it'd be great to have you uh, listening and uh, go to wideanglepodium.com for more um, show options. Yeah. And uh, in other exciting Slow Ride podcast news, um, with our 200th episode, we uh, we put on some brand new clothes on this podcast. We've got a new logo. Uh, I'm sure you guys have noticed it. It uh, it turned out pretty good. Uh, we're excited about it. We um, slapped that original one together in like 35 seconds, uh, right before we realized we needed a logo to upload our first episode to iTunes. Um, yeah. So. You know, it was never great. We were never real proud of it, but it stuck around for 200 episodes. Um, and uh, we were due for a refresh, so uh, you're welcome. And uh, hope you enjoy it. Um, a couple of people have already asked for T-shirts, which is kind of crazy to me. Uh, but uh, we might we might have to look into that. So nice. The best part about this new logo is that it actually took a couple minutes to put together. So yeah. uh, we'd like to thank Spencer's for the great design. Yeah. And... Uh, Guys, let's get right back into the show um, before we uh, we're going to review the 2018 Spring Classic season. I'm Anthony Clark, just hanging out, sliding into the Slow Ride Podcast. Before we get to our review, where we uh, make a little food to help you digest this podcast. Give a couple quick shout-outs to a slew of emails we've gotten in. Um, Sean Burns, thanks for the heads-up. Long-time listener out of uh, Minnesota. We've known uh, Burnsy for a long time. He, uh, he also helped us out with the, uh, the Van Ship Bargate from Team Roombot with the 32-centimeter uh, wide. Um, we'd also like to thank um, Rudy Cycling Art. Just sent us a nice uh, heart for congratulating us for our 200 episodes. Thanks. That means a lot. Also, um, Kevin Dolan, long-time listener and supporter of the uh, uh, network. Um, Hit us up with just uh, making sure Spencer uh, is doing all right with the unfortunate anniversary of uh, Prince's passing, um, which was over uh, this past weekend. So always great to hear from you, Kevin. Thank you for that. Um, We do have one question I wanted to get to, uh, gentlemen, and this one comes to us um, from Michael Macario. Uh, Just real quick, he says, I ride a Trek Farley 5 fat bike. Let's please let's keep it down, guys. Let's Trek you know. Let's Farley not judge Mike here, That's but he's a got lot a Trek. Of F's. He's got a Trek Farley Fat Farley Five Fat yeah, Bike. I use it say. for pretty much everything: trails, snows, snow, roads, bike packing. I'm looking to just start doing more commuting this year with it. Hopefully, within the next couple of years, I'll hardly use my car for anything. So, congratulations for that, uh, Mike. We do like that, um, especially anybody that's going car free. It's awesome. Uh, Michigan insurance rates keep going up, so it's uh, you know it's a need to get on the bike. I'm looking at getting two more bikes. I'm looking at a commuter bike for panniers, and then I want to get a road bike. But for commuting, let's say to the grocery store, which is about three miles away, would panniers be better, or should I just say screw it and use the fat bike and get one of those backpack coolers and not buy, not buy the commuter bike and put all that money into the road bike? 
I understand mm. with paneers, I'll get more food in them. Mm-hmm. But is it really worth the money to buy another bike to put the paneers on just to take to the store? Wow. All big items like toilet paper and paper towel, personal hygiene stuff, I order online anyway. I know this is confusing. I'm sorry for the spelling and grammar errors. Please help me out, Mike. Well, Mike, thanks for the email. So the question is simple. He needs to go to the store. Does he get a, a commuter bike with the brazons for paneers? Does he keep the fat bike and put it all into a road bike? What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, that is confusing. Well, uh, see, why not just it, make, put a rag on the fat bike, man? Here's, here's the thing that I'm seeing. is Our natural instinct is to want to buy two bikes, right? Because more bikes, the merrier. Always. Yes. And Always. The N plus one theory, right? Like you want to have a road bike, you want to have a commuter bike, you want to have a fat bike. You don't want to have to use the same bike for different tasks. It feels like um, dirty. You know, like mm-hmm. you're, you're not using it for its proper uh, thing. But in this case, um, you've already got a fat bike. You should already feel dirty. Um, so what you can do is buy, buy just the road bike. And then you're able to upgrade to, like, the campy as opposed to whatever comes on that bike normally. You're, you can get a nicer get-zip <laughs> racing wheel, something yeah. like this. And I think with the fat bike, now I'm, people are going to call me out because I'm definitely going to get this info not exactly right. But, like, the, I don't, I'm not familiar with the Farley super well, but uh, it's probably a 26-inch wheel fat bike, which with the 4-inch tires or whatever's on there, it's going to measure out to be a 27 and a half regular wheel right so you can get an additional wheel set and run 27.5s that aren't fat tires when you just want to commute on it throw the throw the skinny wheels on there right and ride to the store and stuff and have your backpack and things like that and then when you want to go out in the snow you put the fat wheels on and and, and then you've got essentially two bikes in so one there that, and you save the money and you could put can't be super record on your bike isn't the problem I like with the fat bike though speed. that it's spaced like uh you know 167 in the back and 138 sure. guys just build i have a, the solution wheels on hubs it's fine i have this i have the solution it's very simple get the road bike get the campy 12 speed because we all need it i would actually get it give us a yes. review um we'll just assume you're a dentist you're listening <laughs> to podcasts um yeah. but mike very simple get a trailer um get a trailer for your fat yeah. bike um, in the winter, uh, just convert it, put some skis on it instead of wheels, so you can, uh, you know, take it along the um, the groom trail. Easy. Um, you could probably throw uh, you could throw a ton of things in there. I'm 100 percent serious. Like, yeah, we're all about you the can find solution. these burleys all over. It's a very easy solution. It's way better than trying to figure out the uh, the spacing. And then you don't need to have the the panniers. You don't need to get a rack. Just tow the trailer, and then actually get a trailer. But like, do it yourself. Like, make make wheels oh, onto geez. like a egg crate or something, and then use like a, an inner tube to tie it around your uh, your seat. There you mm-hmm. go. I I, just, I get a trailer. I buy it. Buy just buy another bike. You can always have more bikes. <laughs> and here's no. the here's the best part about having another bike. When that fat bike breaks, you just throw it in the corner. You never ride it again. You ride that other bike. <laughs> <laughs> like All when right, you got well, enough bikes, you. There's a point where you'll feel like you have so many bikes, nothing could ever hurt you, and and you'll just keep throwing the broken ones in the corner until one day, uh, you, yeah, no you've got bikes. a real big problem on your hands. That's where I'm at. Well, thanks, Mike, for the uh, great question. Uh, two quick reviews down here. <laughs> Polly, 
Two quick reviews. Polly Tupons. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Five stars. Love the show. Best Olympic coverage anywhere. Nice. Because of this show, I have developed a complete obsession with bike kit design and the spring classics. Hoping for another 200. Thank you, Polly Tupons. That means that I'm still around four years from now when we get that other 200. So I will be yeah. uh, very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, um, a good thing. And yeah, w- w- you know, Polly, hit us up. Always send us an email. Let us know what you uh, what your favorite kit is. We love hearing from uh, listeners. You know, uh, maybe don't tell us your favorite kit is Lotto Jumbo, Yellow Lotto, um, because we will not read that on the air. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we also got a, a nice review. From Buster K twenty nine, Tim mm. won't ride bikes with me. Five stars. At first, I didn't understand this podcast. I had come from the world of Star Talk and the TED Radio Hour, so the ab- absence of trendy music and in between segment fades perplex me. But I gave it a chance, and it grew on me. I have two favorite reoccurring segments on this podcast. One, trying to figure out who says you're listening to the Slow Ride podcast during the intro and outro of the Prem Lap, and two, mm-hmm. the listener reviews. I also really enjoy the numerous inside jokes that I'm not in on in the litany <laughs> of reference, references to obscure bike racing facts and campy parts. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, interestingly enough, I actually do learn a lot when I listen, and it's now become a weekly ritual for me. On a personal note, I am deeply saddened that Tim backed out on me <laughs> of the one opportunity that I had to do a group ride with him in Orlando. Had he not, I would have given this a six-star review. And uh, uh, I have to admit, um, it was kind of an embarrassing day that I did not ro- uh, ride with um, uh, uh, Rob here, and that was because it was like 55 degrees out oh, and really ouch. windy. So it was kind of cold. Um, I, uh, it was a little chilly. Uh, may- maybe there's a threat of rain in the air. Um, so, But I do know that uh, the government <laughs> shutdown did send Rob uh, packing. So I expect him back anytime and I'd love to go for a ride, but yeah, uh, great stuff. Uh, Taylor Jones, uh, hooked us up. So, uh, Tim, it thanks was, for the great review. It was 50 degrees yesterday and here in Minnesota, probably even a little colder at the start of an 80 mile gravel ride that I went to and everyone was pumped, man. We were like, <laughs> dude, it's 50 degrees. Oh, there's snow out there. That's okay. There's mud out there. That's okay. We're so excited. It's above freezing. And- and how did you do, little guy? I mean, I, I, I got dropped instantly, but I finished. It was the longest nice. ride I've done since I did this exact same ride last year. <laughs> nice. Um, so. Nice. We got uh, two, uh, two quick shout-outs, and then uh, we'll get going here. Scott Winker uh, had us up on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod to let us know when he was in Kyoto, Japan. He saw a sweet Klein Corner. It's an attitude with the red and yellow fade. And then also Brian uh, Destro at Puma43 on Twitter. Hit us up with a sweet Washington, D.C. Craigslist posting for a Klein Rascal. And the paint job is faded, but the description was too many good parts to list. Here's what it is. And it's clearly like, you know, it's like Diori X- XT. Like it wasn't like fantastic stuff, but too many good parts to list. It was uh, well worth it. So thanks for sending your hashtag Klein Corners into us. We love seeing those. And gentlemen, on today, on the day of the little 500 when cutters wins their record 13th episode or 13th edition. Let's get into the segment that Spencer has been sitting on for so long. Mama the 2018, mia. the 2018 spring classic season recap. 
Yes, we are going to recap uh, all of our World Tour teams' seasons to date for 2018, starting with training camps in uh, Australia all the way up until Liege, Bastogne Liege today. And we're going to give them a ranking. Each one of us uh, will go, you know, um, Tim, Matt, Spencer, whatever order, uh, and we'll give them a ranking. And it's going to be based on a scale that maybe is a little different. I don't think you've probably heard this on any other podcast. So uh, if you do in the future, uh, let's know right, that this yeah. is this is TM, uh, Slow Ride Podcast material <laughs> right here. Um, we're using the pizza scale. This is the... Uh, oh, that's pretty slow, common. What are you talking about? Slow Ride Podcast, top corner, pizza corner, uh, review series section. Now, um, now is, it, is this like a, out of ha- like how many pizza, like how many slices of a pie each team did? Oh, no. Oh, no. This is, oh. This, we're getting much deeper. We're getting much deeper here. We're going to rank these teams based on what topping of, of pizza available on a menu they would represent uh, based on their accomplishments so far in 2018. So, for instance, okay. if I say, you know, we're going to review BMC, uh, I might give them uh, a review of being uh, mushrooms. And then I will tell you what that means to me. And then you will gotcha. get your review and so forth. So we'll just get into it and, uh, and kind of let it play out. I think, I think listeners so, will catch on quickly. Uh, alphabetically, I would say. Like, let's just start with AG2R. Is that, yep. is that what you're thinking? We're starting AG2R. Oh, uh, we're in alphabetical? I thought we were going by, like, lowest to lowest. To no, best. no, we're going alphabetical. Um, uh, alphabetical. Yeah. So, oh, my God. It, this is hard. Okay. AG2R. Um, I'll, I'll start it off, guys. I, oh, yeah, looking at the please. AG2R um, um, season, yep. you know, it's okay. It's a decent season. Uh, everything, you know, just kind of... Fits together, uh, so it reminds me a lot of like basil. Um, you know, basil is just a great ingredient on pizza, but you know, it's just it's just there. It's just it's okay. There, yeah, you know, it's just basil. <laughs> just basil. Wow, that's a interesting. All that's right, interesting. Yeah. I consider that a, a quality ingredient, but I thought uh, they had a I thought they had I a decent like, uh, season. They had an okay season. They like basil. Like I don't mind like, basil on my pizza. Like Two day podiums. A, don't mind. A hint yeah. of flavor rather than a topping, but um, maybe that's what their season's been like. Um, little guy, do you have uh, something for H Two R figured out yet, or? Uh, uh, Man, I would. I mean, they only got two two decent podiums, so I'd say they're artichoke hearts. I like them. I really want to have them more often on the pizza, <laughs> but it's not always a thing that I that it's an option. Wow. Yeah, well, okay. it's not always an option. This is gonna, this is going to be a great game. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see that this cards. is going. You see that this is going. Yeah, um, I I uh, am giving their season to date a review of uh, whole wheat crust. Uh, I'm saying it's a nice alternative option. Uh, you're never really mad about it if it shows up uh, in, in in your pizza, but you never really. Uh, it's never really your first choice. It and is a little brown too. You know, it is a little. It's, it's not brown. bleached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, all right, I like it. Um, no, no complaints. Uh, let's get right into Astana. Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll start this round off. Um, Astana for me, their sausage, plain old you know Domino's sausage. Uh, they're always there. They're grinding it out. Uh, usually, <laughs> there's a better option, but they'll do. You know, if if they pull it off, you're like, oh, okay. All right, all right. so. Okay, I, uh, uh, little guy. What, what about you first? Oh, I'm going opposite. Um, for me, is this season uh, they've been like green olives. I didn't think I liked them, 
and they came on the pizza. And wow, I really like this. This is really good. I didn't know. Boom, Valgren, maybe. Right. Wow. So yeah, I, I I like Valgren. You know, you guys turned me on to him a little bit, and he's uh, it's kind of it's kind of like makes the racing a little spicy. Well, a little exciting. So uh, Astana to me for this season was just good old classic pepperoni, like the the perfect kind of pepperoni. I Astana, like the it's little a, it's pool a spicy of grease pepperoni. In the What's that? With like the little pool of grease in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's the little tiny pepperonis that curl up on the edge, and then they have yeah. a little bit of grease in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Right. So Astana. Next, right, um, next on the list, guy, you're going to start us off with Bahrain, Merida. Yep. Oh, you want me to start with Bahrain? Um, God, anchovies. Were they there? I mean, I've never ordered them, so I don't even know if they really exist. <laughs> well, that's uh, a. <laughs> I, I like that little guy because I just put um, I just put cheese. Like they're just kind of anonymous. It's just there. The yeah. cheese. Like you're just like, meh. All right. Like, did they even race this season? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, sure they like they you know showed up every now and then. I mean, yeah. I guess like maybe cheese. I'm selling them short. Maybe you're selling them short. They did win Milan San Remo. <laughs> Well, that is yeah. like kind of a big deal. Well, cheap, but cheese is an important ingredient. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's so, very Italian. It's important in pizza, so there you go. So I gave them a, a ranking of sun-dried tomato, mm. and I'll tell you why. Because it looks exotic, you feel kind of fancy rooting for them, uh, but they kind of suck. You know, when you but get it, is, it, when is. you get it, you're like, eh, that wasn't it is just a tomato. To be. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, little guy, uh, they did win Milan San Remo in the most epic <laughs> uh, fashion ever. But like any good pizza, like any good pizza, you need cheese. Um, uh, so, well, oh, sorry, except that. the vegan. Yeah, well, um, BMC. I'll I'll start this one off. Uh, BMC this season to me is the broccoli of pizza, mm. in that you think it's a good idea, but it just isn't because it does not look right. And every single time I saw that BMC kit with the blue Speedo, it reminded me of, like, broccoli on a pizza. I just look at it, and I'm like, what is that thing doing there? Yeah. Okay. We went in a very similar direction on this one. I uh, I actually gave them a ranking of mushrooms um, because they're always available on every menu, and they're never that great. You get them on a pizza, and you're just like, eh, okay. It's fine. Oh, wow. I really like mushrooms, so... Um, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I would. I just. It's probably part of the menu that broke off my menu. I didn't even know it was there. Like it's just sort of like the corner was ripped. <laughs> no ranking for BMC. Wow, no, no ranking from little guy. Um, so Spencer, uh, Bora Hansgrow, um, what do you yep. got for us? Um, so I went with broccoli for Bora, um, and my reasoning is that. It's really good. It's kind of weird. And none of the other toppings really work with it. <laughs> well done. All right, well, there you go. Well, what do you got, little guy, for uh, the Peter Sagan-led Bora team for the 2018 Spring uh, Classic season? I guess they're, for me, they're more like mushrooms. I, I like Sagan. I, I put a little bit on every single pizza. I always want a little <laughs> bit there. But it's, never, it's not necessarily the highlight of my ingredients. But I like oh, okay. it. It sort of puts it all together. So that's that's kind of to me. I, I Bora for me was the banana pepper of the uh, the pizza toppings oh. because it's a super serviceable topping. It's got a little bit of pizzazz, and it always tastes good on the pizza. And 
if it shows up on your pizza, you're like, all right, I can deal with that, which is just like every Peter Sagan victory for me. So um, banana pepper for Bora. And now, little guy, you're going to start us off for Team Dimension Data. Um, What do you got? Ouch. Uh, Gosh, I want to say that they ripped off my menu, too, but no. Uh, I guess they're probably cauliflower. I thought maybe it was a good idea, but it got burnt really bad. And it it just kind of got... It just looked terrible. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of... for me, it's uh, Dimension Data is, is the thin crust of the pizza world. Um, just bad and disgusting. Doesn't belong. <laughs> Not even really part of the conversation. Um, so, yeah, Dimension Data. Wow. Thin crust. Harsh. Like, yeah, right. I'd, I, rather, I, I'd rather Dimension Data be get replaced by the Kralin team so we can talk about Vout because they were a heck of a lot better Pro Tour team in the Spring Classics than Dimension Data was. Yeah. Sure. One of their guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I gave I gave Dimension Data tofu, and I gave them that because uh, it's the total hipster pick, and they can be excellent when done right. Uh-huh. But yeah. usually not, not on pizza. Not on pizza. Yeah. Um. Uh. Myself, we're gonna take over Group A, uh, Group um, FDJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put them as bacon because they're good on anything. Dumare, Any, anything looks good. It's just bacon. Just I love the team, even though they, they ruined the kit. Um, it, the kit is growing on me a little bit with the uh, stripes. Oh. I, I will admit that, oh. but it's still nowhere near as good as it used to be. But right. yeah, they are the bacon of the pizza world. All right, I've I've got them uh, down as mozzarella. Uh, they are a staple. They're the longest running topping. They're the original topping, probably. Um, uh, it wouldn't be the same without them. Uh, but you never really think about them, you know, while while you're eating the pizza. It's just there. See, for me, I think they're like uh, soy cheese. I wouldn't get it at home, <laughs> but I, maybe I'm out and I order it, and then you get it, and it doesn't look right. It didn't melt right, and it yeah. looks all wrong on the pizza. And you're like, didn't this look better before? But that was just when you were younger <laughs> and you didn't know any better. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, kind of a decent little, uh, yeah. Decent little squad there. Uh, Red Lotto, next on the list, uh, Spencer. Yep. Kind of a good season for Red Lotto. So uh, this is going to be a uh, this going to be a good one here. I'm going to learn a lot about you. I went with buffalo chicken uh, for ah. Red Lotto. Yeah, uh, they're always spicy. Uh, they're always a crowd pleaser, but they're not an everyday thing. You can't have it every day. Is it is it because of the look, like the or like the you know it just doesn't look right, kind of like that red kit on the back. Uh, sure. That's one way to do it. I just, right. uh, I just don't think they have the depth of a, of a wolf pack, you know? Oh, wow. And, uh, what, what do you got for uh red lotto, uh, little guy? Uh, they're kind of like, uh, like a creamy, a creamy sauce Ooh. on your, on your white sauce. Uh, Terrible. yeah, sometimes delicious, uh, sometimes just tastes a little off. Wow. I, Pizza scales, it's pizza scales, very uh, polarizing because for me, Red Lotto is such an awesome team. I, I think they had a grand uh, yeah, Tease winning Strade Bianchi. You had Tim Wellens um, going off the front in his studded leather jacket, uh, looking uh-huh. good. So, I Red Lotto to me is garlic. I love good garlic mm-hmm. on my pizza. It's awesome. Something you always, I know you guys weren't expecting that because I'm the the meat eater in the crew. But I tell you, a bunch of garlic with a pepperoni, a little Red Lotto. Um, a little Red Lotto uh, Astana pizza there would be yeah. pretty awesome for me. So garlic. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Mitchelton, Mitchelton Scott, kind of an interesting one here. Uh, the uh-huh. team from Australia, uh, little guy, uh, Mitchelton Scott. Um, where, where were you going to put them on the pizza scale? If you're going in, how are you going to order a pizza for Mitchelton Scott? Uh, Mitchelton Scott to me is kind of, uh, I'm reaching over, uh, to the spices. I think I've grabbed the fennel, but I accidentally grabbed the cumin seeds and I only realize it after I put a lot of it in the pan and it's too integrated in. And I'm like, uh, I guess it's, uh, I'll just try to bury it with some other spices. It's like that. All right. Okay. I would, um, for me, uh, they are the Canadian bacon of the uh, pizza world <sighs> slowly because they have Sven Tuft still on their team at Michigan Scott. <laughs> so uh, they're just the Canadian bacon squad. I don't really want to like it, but it is pretty good. There you go. Uh, similar, similar to my review. I gave them green olives. Um, and I gave them that <laughs> because they're really good and often overlooked and probably pretty salty. <laughs> And uh, I will take up Team Movistar, guys. Movistar is the Parmesan cheese of my pizza world. And that's because it gets better with age. Mm. And you <laughs> want nothing but Parmesan cheese on your pizza at any time. And that container of Parmesan cheese can stay in your uh, pantry for years. Years mm-hmm. from now, seven years from now, you could be like, wow, it's still good. It's kind of like the Valverde of the cycling world, yeah. of the pizza world. Interesting. <laughs> that's pretty good. I gave, uh, I gave Movistar uh, pepperoni. Um, similar, similar thoughts, uh, to you, Tim, they're classic. It's always good. Um, you know, just can't, can't go wrong. Like nobody's going to be like, ugh, pepperoni, you know? Oh, it's the imitation pepperoni. Some people like it. Some people don't like Valverde puts people (laughs) off, you know? I guess so. That's true. Oop. (laughs) What do you got little guy from movie star? Imitation pepperoni. Oh, oh, gotcha. All right, all right, all right. I thought you were just countering. All right, I love it. I mean, I was countering, uh, but I was also, right. you know, saying uh, at the same time. Spencer, you've got the Wolfpack. Team yeah. Quickstep, you're the first on the board for the pizza rankings. Um, what do you got? Quickstep have been everywhere this year. They have been dominating every race. They are uh, synonymous with uh, winning, with, with good. They're synonymous with great, even. And... Um, in the pizza world, there's only one thing that is as transcendent as that, and that is red sauce. Mm-hmm. It's on every pizza that's quality. <laughs> you know, if you don't have red sauce on your pizza, it's trash. Um, and if you don't have a quick step at your race, it's trash. That's, wow. that's just, you know. <laughs> All right, little guy. What's your, are they your red sauce? Uh, no, well, I was kind of going that same route, but I, I'll switch it up. I'm going to say they're a, a really nice uh deep dish crust but it isn't gooey it's it's got a lot of uh there's layers you think you've bitten through it all the way and then there's still more and it just keeps getting better and better and then you get to the the crust at the end of whoa sty bars in there cheese <laughs> so, so well i th- this is now me so right here uh team quick step for me and I have it right here. I don't know if you guys see it on the, the, the my book. It is stuffed crust um, is what I have for a quick step, mostly nice. because it is the greatest ingredient in the history of pizza. Mm. I thank you, Pizza Hut gods or whoever came up with the yeah. idea of putting cheese inside it's of a ring of dough. Really gross. But I absolutely <laughs> love stuffed crust just like I loved this entire quick step season. Mm-hmm. Quick step, the stuffed crust of the pizza world. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead, Tim. Oh, team Education First, presented by Dre Peck, Cannondale, what other 
teams on there. Um, Team EF, I, I believe that this is going to be a uh, little guy in the lead. So, little guy, how would you rank the Team EF? Ah, uh, um, I guess they'll be kind of like that little uh, little sauce, the little artery clogging sauce they used to give you at Papa John's. I don't know what they oh, call yeah. that thing. The dipping you, sauce. You look yeah. at it. I look at it. I look at education first. I think I love it. I love it. I love it. I dunk in. <laughs> I take a bite. I'm like, I'm not really sure. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten that much education first. I don't feel so good. Um, but yeah. you feel good for a few bites. Like I felt so good about I, them today. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the. So I wrote this during the race. This is probably the most research I've ever done in um, oh, the history of uh, the Slow Ride Podcast. Team education first for me, though is the friend that bums a slice of pizza for you without any money, but they're always asking you for like a slice of pizza. And then they do show up to the, um, to your house for that free slice of pizza. Like they see you're eating and like they're driving a Tesla. So you're like, wait a second. I'm kind of confused here. Like you're asking me for free food, but then you have all this money. Um, so that's me. That's team education. First for me, the, the friend that bums a slice of pizza from you without any money. Doesn't seem like a topping, but I guess we'll let it slide. Um, For me, Team EF is pineapple. Uh, Very controversial. Mm. Everyone loves to complain about it, but it's actually pretty good, as uh, as evidenced today by uh, Mr. Michael Wood with his podium at LBL. Uh, I have – I'll start us off with Team Katusha. To me, green peppers, meh, forgettable. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I have uh, Katusha as potato, uh, like a potato <laughs> topping. Um, oh. It always seems like it's going to be a good option. No. And it just never is. Mm. Does it always seem? I was going to say they're more like uh, overdone uh, onions. You know, they're just when they've been kind of sweated too much and they just turn into that like goo. Yeah. yeah. That's Katusha. Yeah. Uh, yellow Lotto, Spencer. What do you got? Uh, yellow Lotto is corn. It's uh, it's not bad, really, but it doesn't serve any purpose or that add anything. That should not be on a menu. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, little guy? God, corn. What's worse than corn? Uh, <laughs> they didn't do anything this year. Man, uh, they're burnt garlic. Burnt garlic. See, for me, Yellow Lotto was pineapple because it doesn't belong on a pizza. Oh. Or... Or in a classics race, <laughs> right? Like, so the yellow lotto is the pineapple, um, as far as I was concerned. Right. Um, I'll start us off with, or uh, oh, the sky, Team Sky. That's going to be the little guy. What do you got for uh, oh, Team Sky? come on. You, you go first. I can't go All first. Right. Well, to me, Team Sky is sausage. We don't, <laughs> we don't know how it's made. We don't want to know how it's made. <laughs> and we definitely don't <laughs> like it being made. And it usually leads to food poisoning. Oh. Yes. Team Sky, sausage. Yeah. I don't know how good. I could top that. Wow. Uh I, I have uh, Team Sky as ham. Why are you an option here anymore? Like <laughs> it's just I don't get it. Man, I should have saved that little donkey thing for them. But uh, I guess for me they'll just be thin crust because I don't like it. It's gross. <laughs> uh and then uh Team Sunweb. Um Team Sudweb is the uh, um, the green olive of uh, okay. pizzas for me because it's repulsive, even oh. just thinking about. Really? And then um, it is <laughs> the team of Michael Matthews. 
Well, okay. we're, we've got to think of the classics here, and, and somebody else comes to mind more often. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's the green olive of the pizza world. All right. Well, for me, uh, Sunweb is uh, the gluten-free crust. Uh, they're an <laughs> option, sure. Uh, but who's really picking them? You have to be pretty dedicated. Uh, you gotta, you gotta pay extra for it too. <laughs> uh, uh, what do, you, what do you got, Logan? Oh, they're anchovies all the way because they're shiny and they're oily, just like Bling Matthews, probably. They're very tall. <laughs> uh, Logan, what do you got for Team Trek? Team Trek, they're probably like black olives, solid, dependable, pretty good, but not, not like a go-to that I have to have every week. But I like, I like when they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Spencer, I'm, I'm, I'm similar, similar vein. I went uh, Trek. I went with spinach. Um, totally love it. I feel like it always makes pizza better, uh, but it shrivels up a little bit when things get hot. <laughs> oh, uh, for me, I have for uh, Team Trek. I I went with the um, the old standby for me, sriracha, in that it's just a uh, it's a good topping. It's usually good all the time, and mm-hmm. I don't feel bad putting it like on the pizza. You know, it's just kind of like oh, all right, I'll squirt some on there, and and everything will be good, and that'll be a good slice of pie. All right, and it mm-hmm. also matches their kits. Um, and finally, um, UAE. Uh, Spencer, why don't you take the lead on uh, United Arab Emirates here? Sure. I, I gave UAE my lowest ranking uh, on my personal pizza scale, which was anchovies. They're just bad. I don't I don't want, I don't care. I don't want to know that they exist. I don't need to see them. They don't need to see me. It's just better off if we ignore each other. All right. Uh, slow guy. Uh, I guess they'll be my potatoes just for Dan Martin. <laughs> That's pretty uh, good. UAE for me is the mushrooms because it's uh, my lowest on the pizza scale because it's based around shit. <laughs> and with that, that's your 2018 <laughs> Slow Ride Podcast review. We look forward to getting you back in the pizza kitchen next year for the 2019 review. Um, and we'd also like to thank all of you and all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks to BK1 of Ryan Sayers Entertainment for the use of the track Tim and Do Cannibal off the album Radio Do Cannibal. Thanks for tweeting us at the Slow Ride Pod on Twitter, hitting us up on the Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod, and for emailing us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. We'd also like to thank healthiq.com slash slowride for their continued sponsorship of the podcast and all the supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Mm-hmm. And we'd also like to personally thank George Hincappy. We'll have you on the show next week. And if you haven't already, Please click and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, uh, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePodcast. Thank you.